Ah, Central New York! Don't you dare be sour! A clap your hands for a Unicast episode 20 and a feel the power! I quit the show. <laughs> you dick ass. You dick ass. It's a new day. Oh man, here at the Unicast. Seems like a lot. It was a lot. It's a real fringe reference. That's a good the... thing we don't have real microphones. You would have blown somebody's speaker. Oh, I know. Well, we're working on that. Uh, a lot of big headway in that this week, but we don't have to talk about that with no, the, no. with the listeners. Um, hey, man, what's going on, buddy? It's nice to see you. It is also good to see you. It's good to be back. Yeah, it feels Episode good. Number twenty. We made it to twenty. Yeah. That's. I know twenty seems like such a big a big changeover. Like yeah. we finally made it. Even though, like, I'm not doing, like, special episode this week, because it's not, like, a high yeah. enough, uh, like... Yeah. What do you think, what do you think, maybe, like, maybe 25th episode? The 25th <laughs> anniversary episode we'll do or something? Like the silver anniversary? When can we start putting together clip shows so I can stop coming in to record? You know, uh, we had, so, I had someone ask me that, and I was like, I, how do I determine what the best clips we've had on the I show think, You know what I think the biggest issue with putting a clip show together would be? It's, it'd be so much work to like go through and like clip it all up and then right. intro each clip and everything. Well, what am I going to do with the interviews? They're all like 17 minutes long. Is it a three-hour? You know, you just find like the best little <laughs> nuggets from people's interviews. Um, speaking of great interviews, uh, we got a lot of positive feedback from our interview with the man Paul Diamond last week. Paulie Diamond, such a good friend of the show, such a good dude. Uh, if you haven't listened to his interview from last week, go ahead and listen to it. Uh, and then get ready for his Brett the Hitman Hart appearance at the Gentleman's Corner Barbershop on November 15th. Yeah, that's uh, that's coming up. It'll be this coming Sunday. He's been everywhere. I saw everywhere. him. He was at every radio station, everywhere mm-hmm. on TV mm-hmm. in the past two days. I saw his picture with another former guest of the show, my good friend uh, Rain Man from K-Rock. I did. I saw today. that on Twitter today. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. He's out there pounding the pavement. Anytime I can see those two guys together... Is is pretty good for me. I'm generally into it. Two of my favorite people in the whole world. Fair enough. Two of my favorite people. Uh, and let's also, while we're talking about last week's episode, let's let's respond a little bit to an email that we got this week from a uh, from a fan. This was in regards to our conversation about the comments and about how we don't all particularly like hockey very much necessarily. Right. I think that no. I think I think what it was the thing during the email. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead and read the email, and I'll. I'll All right. Well, let me go. Here's the here's the email. This was from a listener and good friend of the show, Otto Weisenberg. Um, I'm glad to hear some comments talk on the podcast. The comment about being a fan of a AAA city was spot on. Success is scary because you don't you know downtime is coming. Of course, you can't argue with the wins, driving ticket sales, and support. I've had season tickets since year one and didn't miss a game. The entire playoff run last year was amazing. All this is true, by the way. Uh, A full house for every game ran through June. Seeing how many of the 3,500 season ticket holders show up on a Wednesday night game in February is going to be interesting, but that's a separate issue I have. After Kevin's rant on college sports, which we discussed how you don't particularly care for college sports, and I don't either, uh, I'm a little scared to say this, but you guys should check out a UC hockey game at the Odd. I know you guys aren't the biggest hockey fans, but did express enjoyment for seeing games live. While the atmosphere for the Pioneers isn't what was before comments came to town, 
the hockey is still great. Not to mention there are actually tickets available to the general public that are less than half the price of the Comets tickets. That's a good point. I'd love to see the popularity and tendency of these games grow again, and maybe some publicity would help. Keep up the good work. A biased hockey fan who wants to see as many local teams succeed as possible. I am, you know what? I'm glad he gave me the opportunity to clarify something that I didn't know I needed to clarify until I read the email. Um, when I said, when I complained about college sports, or when I was saying last week how college sports are inferior, what I meant specifically is college basketball and college football, these things that have no real playoff structure, mm-hmm. no real first place, last place, this and that. Yeah. Um, as far as UC college hockey goes, uh, they do a great job. The first hockey game I went to see in the modern era at the odd, you know, not counting like the Devils and the Blizzard sure. when I was a kid. Sure. The first game I the went Blizzard. to see was a UC hockey game. Yeah, remember them? I remember the Blizzard. Uh, some, a friend of mine, he called me. He's like, hey, man, I have an extra ticket to the UC hockey game. Do you want to go tonight? And it was like a Friday night, and the ticket was like 7 bucks. And I was like, yeah, you know, the game was like 7 o'clock or something. Seven was involved somehow. I do remember that. But he's like, I've got an extra ticket. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll go check it out. And I was amazed. Yeah. And this was this was like the year before the Comets, I think. And there were so many people there, and they supported them so well. And uh, I talked to a friend of mine who works at Utica College who actually uh, works in recruiting, mm-hmm. trying to get athletes to come there. And he was saying that when they bring uh, potential hockey recruits in to see a home game and they drop those lights and the spotlights come out and the music comes out, he says the recruits, every single one of them are blown away. They're like, nobody's doing anything like this. So definitely support Utica College Hockey. They do a great job. And I'm also a firm believer that we would not have the comments here in town if it wasn't for Utica College Hockey. Uh, that's a fair point. I think that's the point I was really intrigued to get to, right? You, college hockey was the only game in town for yeah. a long time. And you can argue, and it, I don't know if, what the argument is in this case, but you could argue that the success of Utica College hockey made the odd look and go, oh, maybe we can support something larger here. Or maybe the AHL looked at it and said, there's no, I think I think for, for all of the involved people who are involved in bringing the Comets here and you know getting an AHL franchise here, I would have to imagine that that was one of their huge talking points or bargaining points or whatever it is being like, you know, look at how hard this city goes for its college hockey team. Imagine if we get professional level, like there's no way that that wasn't one of the huge, you know, points in their presentation for why we deserve an HL hockey team. And I think we've proved since then that this city loves hockey. And in the next couple of weeks, we will have, um, we will have someone coming in and talk about the, uh, the teddy bear toss that UC does every year. That's true. Uh, so we'll great talk, tradition. Yeah, it's a great tradition, and it's a lot of fun. And we'll actually talk all about that in a couple of weeks. We'll have somebody coming on uh, to discuss that. Um, we can get into the show if you'd like, but I think we also need to preface. Yeah, no, no Aaron Higgins again this week. Our poor Higgins is missing. We're very concerned. Um, but, you know, God the show must are. go on. show must go on, so let's get into it. Oh, yeah, boom. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Ooh, look at that head on that beard. Woo! Saranac Disruption Nitro Brown Ale is all right. Yeah, you're welcome. It's pretty good, man. It is. Um, just wanted to let people know that we weren't always just drinking UC here at the studio. We drink other things. Yeah, but uh, but we do have our 
stand-in host for every time Aaron is missing, who's <laughs> always got a UC in <laughs> hand. UC drinker. Mr. Mid himself, Justin Parkinson, is here. Yes. And uh, it's good to have you here. I'm actually glad that you're on this episode because we have something pretty important to talk about, uh, kind of a breaking story this week. Yeah, uh, so there's been a lot of talk about the Oneida County market. Um, and the idea is, this, and this is all Just real quick, for anybody who doesn't know, the Oneida County, uh, the farmer's market they have down at the train station every Saturday. Which is excellent. It's excellent. It's been going on for a couple of years. Go ahead. Uh, well, it looks like the Oneida County legislator, if they have their way, uh, will end up defunding the public market. Now, this is very early in the stages of this going on. But the idea mm-hmm. is that campaign promises implied that we need to cut 3% of our taxes, yeah, for the, for the the, le- yeah, yeah, yeah. Our uh, our property taxes, property taxes. Yeah. In order to do so, there is a risk that the REA wing, which houses the market, that's the back part right, where all the cars right, are, right, will receive fund or will not receive funding that they had allotted to them, mm-hmm. which in turn will cease their operations. All right. Now, there's a lot that ties into this, and it's kind of a complex subject. So I'm going to start off with a couple of facts real quick about the Oneida County market so you can get an idea of what we're talking about here. Since 2012, uh, it has seen an increase in attendance of 214%, which is pretty crazy. It's also seen a 154% increase in vendors, and it's been named in the top 100 uh, local like farmers markets over the last three years in the country. In the country, yeah. Which is... Pretty crazy. And you taught you told me something about this just now about the EBT thing that it's EBT yeah, yeah, eligible, which is yep, crazy. Yep. What does that What does that work? What do you like? Yeah, you can uh, use. So, so if you're uh, one of the big things I've I've always been feeling about is that uh, with with benefit cards, you, you'll go into Price Shopper and you'll see somebody buying ramen noodles. You know, it's things mm-hmm. that are just maybe not healthy. They, junk. They, just processed junk. Right, and because it, it falls into the, the the you know the thing that they they can use it for. But they've actually they give out wood tokens, so you can use your card to redeem. Chips, and then you go to the market, and then the vendors. So people, so people, people use the benefit card to buy the tokens, exactly. and the tokens they can exchange for fresh, healthy, locally grown exactly. foods and produce. Exactly. Wow, what a terrible thing! We ought to defund that immediately. Yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. terrible. You terrible. know, yeah. I gotta say this: this it kind of this whole thing it sort of caught me by surprise because it literally blows my mind that anybody would think it's a good thing for this area to defund and to close down the United County Public Market down there. Like that's one of the best things we have going on in town. People always talk about if we're going to rebuild downtown with all this momentum we've got going, people say there needs to be places you can walk to and places you can shop. It sounds a lot to me like that exact same thing. And it's also something that's letting lower-income people who use benefit cards get good, healthy food for their families. It's a win-win-win all the way around. And just so a couple of politicians can sit here and say, well, we lowered the taxes by 3%. And not for nothing, the past three years, Anthony Pacenti has kept our taxes at exactly even. They haven't lowered, but they haven't raised either. And just to get a couple political points for a 3% decrease... And he was saying he's going to fight it really hard, but um, he was getting some opposition from George E. Joseph, the majority leader, who was saying that uh, he thinks it's more important to cut the taxes down a little bit to make the people happy. Well, he also had a very fluffy statement, which was uh, the defunding would not necessarily close the market, but that the reductions would help the agricultural community, which makes... Very minimal. And, you know, so, to me. And so, very gray. Very yeah, gray. It's a, very it's a really statement, political right? statement. Yeah. So um, George E. Joseph has said that it's not necessarily going to close the public market. I think it's important for us being a voice in community, both uh, the Uticast and Made in Utica. I think it's very important that we hold him to his word and we make sure that this thing doesn't close down. So I want to say real quick to anybody who's listening, 
Um, I would recommend that you get on your phone, you get on your email, you can reach George E. Joseph. His business line is area code 315-853-1024. And you can also reach him by email at gjoseph at ocgov.net. So I would send him an email, I would give him a call and let him know that we can't be closing this down. Let him know how much the Oneida County Public Market means to you. Hang on, I'm doing it right now. I think we should we should call we should get old George Just on the call phone. Right on the line dear, right now. Dear G Joe. Do it do it after the show. Stop screwing around. George Joe. Uticast. We need uh, well, if you think about it like this, right? It's a very simple thing. Would you take a three percent tax decrease to watch the farmers market close? No. No, well, right? that's the biggest thing too. Like three what is three percent? I don't care what your property taxes are. Three percent is either smut, such a small number that it doesn't really matter that much. Or it's if three percent is a huge number for you, then you're paying a ton of taxes. You have enough money where yeah. it doesn't matter. And like either way, people say, "Oh, well, I don't go to the public market, so what do I care?" Be a better person. Yeah. You like, know what so I would many do? People go. You know what like, I would do with the three percent I saved? It's go to a market and buy yeah. a bunch of lo- food off local. Oh wait, I can't. That's, all that extra money I'm getting. I that's can't one spend of my locally. least favorite arguments in the world, mind you. It's like, well, it doesn't affect me, so. Why do I care to go out and do it? It's such a lazy, lazy mm-hmm. argument, right? Like, that's, like, the kind of argument that sucks you into, like, World War II, right? <laughs> right? Like, just, like well, oh, didn't happen to me, so I'm just going to ignore it. No, it's my head it's crazy because there will be people who say that. They're like, well, I don't go to the United County Public Market, and I would like my 3% decrease. Here's the thing. If you want to have there's, – there's been – in the political climate in this entire country for the past bunch of years now, there's been a huge, huge push of people who are like, you know, we need lower taxes. And I know taxes are high in New York State. And people want to drop the taxes down for everything. They want to cut everything, cut all the taxes because they want their money back for themselves. The, the fact of the matter is as much as it would be nice to pay less and we could all use a little bit more money in the way the world is right now. If you want to have nice things, the money has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And a 3% decrease in your property tax isn't going to be enough for you to really feel it. Yeah. It might be a little bit of extra money here or there. But well, at the end of the day, if we're all part of this community and if we're all part of this country and all part of this society, then we all have a responsibility yeah. to chip in to make this a better well, place. There's, there's a, a bit of a hot take that I, I won't ramble on a bunch about. Whoa. But also, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> the... The way that we've been going about, especially because this is an Oneida County thing, it's not just mm-hmm. a Utica thing. Right. I'm going to use Utica for the reference. We're selling off properties just to get them off the tax base to people mm-hmm. for next to nothing. Yeah. And granted, they're putting a lot of money in, but they're also getting tax breaks for a while for taking that property off the off. tax roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just don't understand where we can sell a dumpy building for a dollar and give a guy a 10 year tax break. And then cut the farmers market. Like, there's got to be some other way between not profits. Well, the, I mean, uh, that's the thing. You want churches who like, are you want to you want to close you want to close the Oneida County Public Farmers Market because you want to save some money in taxes. You need more tax money. How about you get Hotel Utica to pay theirs? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some of that money. Yeah. Like, it's um, you're right though. Like, that's you know, for as much as it's a good oh. thing to sell these buildings off. I, it's one of those, well, that's one of those things, too. We, everyone talks constantly about, all oh, the renovation of Bag Square. Oh, Bag Square. But people forget that there is – this is also technically part of Bag, Bag Square, Square, right? This is yeah, East, East Bag Square. Square. Well, that's, this, this is one of the most unique, um, unique, awesome resources that we have in the growth and the downtown development. Like, why would you want to shoot that in the side? It takes money to make money. And we can't sit here and pull out a huge cog in the machine of the momentum that is downtown revitalization yeah. – 
And, you know, you go and you pull that out just for a little short-term gain to take 3% yeah. off people's property well, taxes. They're developing a bunch of lofts over there, too. So, like, think of the people who are going to live in lofts. Like, what do they want to do? Walk wanna... out to a farmer's market directly across the street. Like, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the loft development almost. It's like a, a bonus to That's the same thing. People say there's no shopping in downtown. People talk about there's no shopping. There's no place for people to go. On Saturday morning, I see people of all walks of life every Saturday morning down there yeah. getting fresh vegetables and all sorts of produce yeah. different you know I'll locally name drop. Made goods. I see Tim Reed from the boiler maker there every single week yeah. at the farmers There's market and then even people. so much that he wants to bring one to West Utica where the boiler maker which is another great idea. like that's I mean come and on. like you look it's at this thing snowballing you look at the way it brings the community get together the different events that go on there the different things they have the safety expos they have where the sheriffs and the state troopers all come down and like show kids stuff yeah. and like all yeah. the things there are to do for kids well like the Thomas the Tank Engine thing they had there I, I went there that day and it, I didn't even know it was the Thomas the Tank yep. Engine event it was probably there was probably three times pe- yep. the amount of people there because. It was just parents bringing their kids there, and it was yep. it was awesome. Yep, uh, I had some holy smokes. It was great. I yep. had some of that there mac and cheese with, well, the, with the I, pulled pork I sent, oh, yeah. I sent my angry letter today. Um, oh, believe, it, believe it or not, uh, I, I think, sent I think a everybody everybody to, needs to, to send an angry letter. And because um, for me, honestly, the market I, I put it out there, and I'm, I'm very vocal about the market. They for the growth of of Made in Utica, the market's just without it, there there'd be not a lot of the stuff that we've done. Uh, the hands video over the summer, there was 1,500 people that went to the market that day. Um, we did our 48-hour film festival there. We yeah. shot it in the scene. Yep. Um, I found three people on the passport by just making connections at the market alone. Yeah. So when you're thinking of 20 businesses, three of them were found. Three out of 20 were found at that market, which is because of the relationships yeah. you connect with mm-hmm. individual, like, made-in people. Like, that's, I mean, come on. You know, and not for nothing, if you just think about it from this concept, Where's the closest other farmers market? Where do you gotta go if you want to go to the farmers market? Quinn, on a Thursday, Whitesboro, 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 Whitesboro on a Monday, but they're not, but they're not to the size. Exactly. They're not yeah. to the size yeah. of this one, and, yep. and that's the thing to put it all under one umbrella and all the hard work that's been done. You know, it's it's important. I'm glad you wrote a letter today, and I'm going to write a letter tomorrow, uh, maybe even tonight. But like I said again, um, everybody I think who, who cares about this and feels affected should write an email to George Joseph, the yeah. majority leader. Uh, like I said again, and we will retweet the contact information from Uticast mm-hmm. as well. But real quick, give him a call tomorrow on his business line. He's going to be so happy to hear from you. Yeah. It's area code 315-853-1024, and you can email him at gjoseph at ocgov.net. You know what's, what's funny, too, is that when I sent my strongly worded letter today, I went through the Oneida County uh, the legislative page and copy and pasted everybody's email on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting emails bouncing back saying like the address doesn't exist anymore or like mailer unknown or whatever. It's like, <laughs> how are you, how are you a legislator and that's, bouncing you know, back my email? And you know what? And that, that's a, that's a great point too, because Good I just, God. I got that email address from the, the OC legislators well, board online. Work, so there you go. So maybe <laughs> it won't work, but that's the only information we have. But if for some reason that doesn't work, uh, Justin, there's also a time you can go down and have your voice heard. When did you say yeah, it was? Yeah, it's, uh, th- it's, well, when the episode comes out tomorrow, right? Yeah, November 10th, Tuesday, technically. Yeah. Tuesday, November 10th at 8, uh, what time you said it was? 7 p.m. 7 p.m., 800 Park Ave on the 10th floor. There will be an open public common session. Yes, com- comments, yes. Comments, yes. yes. You yes. will so. be able to go there and, and voice your uh Voice your, your opinion. Take, yeah. know old, old fashioned uh so go out so Tuesday night you can go down and you can do that we'll also put that information on the Twitter yeah. and I think everybody should show up I think it would be incredible if all those 1500 people who go to the farmer's market yeah. on the weekend if all those people went down there they would give them no choice 
And like I said, this might be an overshot yeah, because much they do about nothing. Maybe you know, maybe we're completely wrong, but it's worth, yeah. But you know you what know though, what I mean? it's so. better off if, if it is much do about nothing. That's fine. At least yeah. there's not a problem. But if it, I don't trust politicians to be, yeah. like, it's that not a blanket statement. That's the thing. I would rather make a big noise and hold people accountable from they say they're not going to close than have them backdoor something. Hush, hush. I mean, they're taking the vote at two p.m. on a Thursday, even where they're having the meetings up on the like a, the tenth floor. Yeah. The tenth floor. <laughs> very floor, easy to get to. I'm sure. The tenth floor of some yeah. obscure building yeah. that they're not really put a on the floor to each, each level to be able to move on so, yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's like a troll yeah, yeah, legends of the hidden temple you so, get like yeah. abducted as you get to the fifth floor you're out of the game you're going to solve, <laughs> solve a riddle to get into the floor <laughs> the choice is yours about. and yours alone thanks <laughs> <laughs> go ahead I'm sorry I'm still sending an email dear G Joe watch your back Uticast at Uticast at Uticast um no, that's pretty good. I, we had more stuff, but that seems that seems about right. Let's let's just that's call it. You want to jump into the interview? Yeah, yeah. We were now I'm all heated up. I gotta go blow off some steam. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, well, let's take a break while we enjoy a wonderful interview we had with the gentleman from Bite Bakery, our man Doug and our man Jason. Were nice yep. enough to talk to us about their brand new restaurant, the new location, and what's coming up for them. Uh, so here's our interview with the boys from Bite. Tell you guys, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've read about you guys on Twitter, I've seen you on all the local media, I've never been inside the building until today, and it really, really is a beautiful, beautiful building you guys have set up here. Really, really great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, and we're here with uh with Doug and Jason from uh from Bite Bakery and Cafe. Uh, and I'm I'm glad to have you guys on the show. I always talk about how it's nice to talk to people who I don't normally know as friends beforehand. It's nice yeah, to meet of people. But as we were talking about this, it seems like we have more in common than I expected. Uh, let's get into a little bit about you guys first. How did you two initially come together to decide to do this venture? Like, how did you meet each other initially? Well, we actually I met through we met through a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in 2001. Uh, we went. I went to a birthday party. Uh, we met each other, and we were friends at first. Mm-hmm. And then, approximately six months later, we started dating. Mm-hmm. And then, in two thousand and ten, we got married, and we've been married ever Congratulations. since. Congratulations! Thank you very much. We got married in Boston. It was before it was legal here. Oh well, yeah. Um, but we did have a ceremony and a full reception here. Um, awesome! Because we have a gym, so we had about two hundred and fifty people at our wedding. Do you find that being uh, married makes the business easier or harder together? Um, it has its pros and cons. I mean, there's <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, the trust is there, which is nice. Mm-hmm. It's not just a you know some random business partner you decided to go into business with, and you don't know whether or not you can trust them because what I do affects him and vice course, versa. Right. So the trust is strong. You know, but obviously you work together, live together. You do need right. breaks once in a while. Well, there's got to be that separation. Of course. Of, this is work time. This is private time. Absolutely. And that's, that's probably tough, especially when you're starting off to, like, make that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit about you guys individually because I, I came from a food background. I spent a lot of time waiting tables in New York City. Take a shot for all you listeners out there. Uh, and you guys you guys did the New York City thing for a while, too, yeah. is right. Did yes, that, we is... lived in Astoria for a little bit. Um, we lived on 30th Ave. Um, I worked in Midtown Manhattan on West 39th Street between 5th and 6th. Oh, wow, fifth, West 49th between 5th and 6th. I'm trying to think of where you were now. I was about a block and a half from Times Square. I was on 44th between 7th and 8th over on the other so side of Times basically Square. Basically, oh, yeah. basically mm-hmm. neighbors. Um, so you know what the neighborhood's like. It's 
Busy all the time. Yeah. But busy know. for different reasons, right? Like, I... I it's an, it's an odd concept. I worked at this. Uh, I worked at a touristy restaurant in Times Square, very theater based. And I wondered sometimes, without the theater to draw these crowds in, without this location, would people even show up to this venue for the the simple idea that this food is just what it is, right? True. Um, True. And there's so much competition in New York. Did that weigh into? Like, did you guys do? Uh, did you guys start doing food stuff in New York, or did you? Wait, no, you we, spent, we did not. No, no, we spent a lot of time in the Lower East Side and oh, in the so village, great. and yeah. just <laughs> going out in and out of cafes and, mm-hmm. and looking at places. And you know, said I always said I wanted to do something. I always been an, an avid baker. So, sure, you know. That's crazy to me, too. I love to cook, but baking seems like a whole other animal than just doing it. It's very like, precise. Yeah. Yeah, it's more of a science than it is, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm the, I am cook, he bakes. Sure. And I oh, don't like, nice. you know, I'm not a huge baker, he's not a huge cooker, so it works out. We have that balance there. Um, but like you said, baking is, it's precise, it's a science yeah. to it, you know. There's no, you can't add a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. It's not exactly. like cooking, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's interesting to me, uh, and you guys discussed a little bit before this. I asked before the interview started with you guys are from the area, and you mentioned you were H Triple C, yep. right? And you graduated with a degree in business, right? Business administration. And where did you see you went again? I totally forgot. I'm so sorry. No, no, that's okay. I went to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Yep, and I have a bachelor's of science in interior design and architecture. So interior design and architecture and a business degree. Uh, you're in a. You're, I just think this is fascinating. One of the things I, know, I think it's great because uh, I love the restaurant industry, but I'm I'm a history major, so my love for the restaurant industry is just working in the industry and the feeling of being in this this way where you can reach people in a certain way. How did you take these two degrees and decide that this is what you want to do? Like, what sparked this idea that you guys wanted to do this this like this format? Well, I come from. Uh, you know, growing up, I've always been, my mom is always like, oh, you always love to bake. My grandma, mm-hmm. I always baked with them. And uh, in my younger years, in my early, my late teens and early 20s, I worked at a, a My Favorite Muffin Cafe yeah. in Marcy. <laughs> I started there. Yeah. And literally, I just started as a front-end person. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to be the production manager. And it got so busy that we had to move that overnight and three people to come in and mm-hmm. bake. And then... I did that for a while, and then I became the manager of the place, <clears throat> and it never felt like work to me. I, I always enjoyed it. Yeah. I loved the, the social aspect of being with the customers and mm-hmm. getting them what they need, and I always said someday I would love to own, you know, a, a bakery or a cafe yeah. or something along that lines, and uh, being in corporate, I worked in corporate for, you know, well over 14 years, Sure. and uh, I decided, you know, we both decided that maybe it's something that we should explore well it's a scary field uh one of the things i've always and i don't know if there's numbers that back this up necessarily but one of the things i've always heard is that restaurants in general all restaurants the the failure rate for a restaurant is incredibly high for the initial investments you have to invest in it was there is that was that way in your mind at all did that way when you guys decided to open this up you've been here since september 18th was the opening yes i mean there's always that sense there's always that fear of failure with anything sure um you know, especially with this, because like you said, the rate is high. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, if we're willing to do the work and we provide a good product and we're personable to our, our customers, and our, to us, our customers are number one. We want to make sure that our customers are happy. And if we're doing all those things that we know we should be doing and it works, then it's great. If it doesn't work, then we know 
that we gave it 100% all the way. Of course. But if we're doing everything right all along, you know, then there's no other way to go but up. Well, that's, I think that's the thing, too. If you believe in the product and you continue to put out a quality product, you know, even if it takes time for people to catch on, people will realize well, quality trumps anything else at the end of the day. Agreed. When people taste the food and they taste the, the things you baked here. They'll appreciate the amount of work that you've put into it is the hope, right? Yeah, that's the, that's Absolutely. The how have you felt about since you've been how has it been since you've been open? Have you felt good about the turnouts so far? Are you feeling excited about it? It's actually overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I think on some level we were na- very naive about the yeah. amount of people that were going to come through our doors. Honestly, I think we initially thought, okay, we'll bake a few things, cook a few things, and mm-hmm. we'll just have this. We never expected to have constant lines out the door, you know, sure. and it's great. And we, we absolutely love our, our customers and we honestly, we're so just humbled by the overwhelming support of everybody that's coming through these stores from the Mohawk Valley. I mean, we've had everybody, you know, from our parents who come in every single day to the lieutenant governor came in oh, last wow. week for really? lunch, or two weeks ago, I'm sorry, for lunch. Hmm. Um, but I just feel very humbled by the support from everybody, and it's just, you know, like I said, it's overwhelming, and, you know, we hope it continues. So you guys spent two years in Astoria, Queens. Yes. Why did you come back? One of my, it's one of the very common topics on this show. I was another guy who spent seven years in New York, and I came back because I didn't, I didn't feel like there was any growth for me at the time in New York anymore. I sort of burned out on the idea of living there. Is that sort of what happened to you guys, or did you have a different reason for leaving? Well, we love New York. You know, yeah. our hearts will always be there. Um, mm-hmm. We like, like he said, we lived in Astoria, loved it. It just got to a point to where I guess as an outsider going into New York, you realize mm-hmm. that there is. I don't want to knock New York, but there is a better life outside of New York. Oh, yeah. You're not oh, yeah. having to work five, six jobs to pay for mm-hmm. your bills. The constant hustle and bustle of subways and transportation, and you, you know, you know how it is with people. Oh, you yeah. know, when you do, when you go to the grocery store, it's an all day affair. Yeah. You know, and it's not something that we just realized that this really isn't a, the quality of life that we want. I think when I moved there, and I moved there in 2009. I was, uh, it was at a time when I couldn't have left Utica fast enough. I was miserable and I couldn't stay here anymore for personal reasons, obviously, but it doesn't matter. Like, I, I had reached a point where I had reached my limit on, on Utica. And I assumed that when I went to New York, I'd never come back, right? That's the general idea. I'm going to move to New York and I'm never going to come back. But I think some people don't necessarily expect to go to New York and have it not be what they expected. My constant comment about New York is it is every good and every bad thing you hear about New York City is totally true. 100%. Everything. Um, but I think, you know, you guys have settled into a nice opportunity here. Uh, I, we talked about the podcast all the time, about how five years ago, seven years ago, this podcast would never have taken off. We never would have gotten any support. Do you feel like that ties into uh, Bite and the success you've had here? Do you think if you'd opened this restaurant five years ago or ten years ago, you would have had the success you had today? Well, I think the whole buzz around the whole downtown thing is also playing a huge role sure. in our success. Um, I don't know if it would have been the same five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel it's stronger now because there is the hype for downtown. Yeah. And everybody is investing in downtown. And that was our key reason why we wanted to come downtown mm-hmm. um, was because, you know, it is a growing area. And we wanted to be part of this. We wanted to be part of this whole change that was coming. And it, it's a positive change. And it, it's, it's a great change that's coming to the city. And the thing is, we talk, I talk, I'm usually working in the front end, especially on the weekends. So. Sure. And, you know, I see customers and I talk to them because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. And I hear so many times, we haven't been downtown in so long. Yeah. I love, you know, I have never even knew this Franklin Square was here or 
those are the things that I love to hear. People that yeah. say, I haven't been downtown. It's bringing, it's driving people down here, and that's oh, yeah. what we like. And that's an interesting point you make, too. I think uh, people talk a lot about the Bag Square renovation, and, you know, Bag Square has been very popular. But this Franklin Square location is sometimes um, overlooked, I feel like, sometimes. It's not necessarily mentioned in the same way as this Bag Square development. But as Bag Square develops, this whole section as well, I feel like, will develop along with it. You guys have a good uh, relationship with the other businesses around here at all? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I believe that, it, you know, in supporting everybody, you mm. know, there's so many businesses downtown here. And there's ones that we're noticing that we've never noticed before, right. which is great. We're building great rapports with the people around us. And, mm. you know, they're giving us tips and, you know, ideas. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have this team of business owners down here that we can collaborate on new ideas and, you know, we've been working with areas of the uh, people of the city to try and develop certain things. Like uh, when we first opened, him and I noticed that there was a huge issue with parking. So oh, we, yeah. we met with uh, Joe Marino and he met with um, Paul Mary and everybody got together and mm -hmm. they agreed to get rid of the bus lanes out front. So what they did was they put the lines in out front so it created additional parking and people love it. Right. So, I mean, it, it's it's great to have the support down here at the other businesses. And I think the other thing, too, is, is that... I, you know, businesses supporting each other. It's uh, important, yeah. you know, and we, you know, we have a good relationship with a lot of the business people down here. Well, I think it's important, too, especially with the redevelopment of this whole area and, and the whole city in general. It, we've really pushed in the last few years the redevelopment of the city. It's important to not be at odds with other people, right? Right. Like, you know, one of the things we talk about in the show all the time, we try and, I, I'm a big restaurant guy. I'm a food guy. I love, I hate to use the word foodie because we get a lot of, we get a lot of bad vibes from that word nowadays <laughs> but i think it's great that there are more restaurants opening because this area has always been uh so tied in with having good food and great people cooking and it's it's just important that we continue to move forward with the city because one of the things we always say the development here is not the beginning of at the end of something this is just the beginning all the good things that are happening mm -hmm. are the beginning and not the end and we really hope that it goes forward and i hope for you guys it continues the success continues because everything i've heard has been Phenomenal, and it's great to hear. Thank you. Good, that's nice to hear. Thank you. Uh, before I let you guys go, Tam, again, I'm sorry for taking up so much no, of your yeah, time here. As much time as you need. In your beautiful kitchen here, which I <laughs> um, What do you guys have? Go, what are you plans going forward for the business? Do you have a general idea what you'd like to see going forward from you guys? Well, yeah. I mean, we want to incorporate some different ideas. Obviously, winter's coming. The holidays yes. are coming. So we're going to be developing a holiday menu. Awesome. Um, that's going to have some different options on it. We are also working on a brunch menu mm -hmm. that's going to be just for Sundays only. Right now on Sundays from 10 to 2, we do breakfast only all day. Oh, nice. um, so we're going to incorporate some brunch items in there also. It's a good idea. Um, you know, they, because I know not everybody that's coming through our doors at 1 o'clock on a Sunday wants breakfast. Sure. So we want to be able to accommodate them, you know, as well. But we're definitely working on some holiday menus. And there's a few things up the road that we want to do. Um, in the spring, we would like to do a jazz series. Oh, wow, really? Yep. So Excellent. we're working with a couple of um, cool. artists and working with the city. We've already been in communications with them um, about doing a jazz series down here. Mm. That's great. That's so, great. yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good things coming up. And, you know. Well, uh, gentlemen, again, uh, love, love the place. Love what you've done with the place. Thank I'm you excited so much. I'm excited that Carrie works here. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie used to be my bartender, uh, my number one bartender at Space 26 in She's 2008. Here. She was the best. She's she the was the best. As soon as we, I saw her come through the door, I'm like, <laughs> She's great, isn't we she? need to. Uh, but guys, uh, continued success. I, I hope it goes great. Uh, you can follow uh, Bite Bakery at, on Twitter at Bite Bakery Cafe, yep. right? 
Yep. Do you guys have Facebook or anything as well? Are you guys just we do. our website, Made in Utica, did it for us. Oh, yeah, Made in Utica did our website. It's uh, www.bitebakeryandcafe.com. And we're also on Facebook. It's just facebook.com forward slash uh, Bite Bakery and Cafe. <laughs> And well, Instagram, White Bakery and Cafe. So we're very social. I like it. Very social. And I, I got to tell you the truth. I'm Mr. Mr. Maiden Utica. Justin Parkinson is guesting is guest hosting on the show this weekend. I'm almost positive that he will throw a reference for himself doing your website. Right? <laughs> he did a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, job. He really did a beautiful job, and we've we've gotten a lot of compliments on it so yeah. far. And it's very streamlined, and I'm obsessed with the social media aspect he's, of it. He's good people like that. It's yeah. the only uh, the only thing I go to now. I just I'm, I'm in love with it. You know, I love. If we can give one thing to our customers, we love seeing the pictures. We love seeing the yeah. feedback. We really appreciate it. But the it's pictures important. are. It's yeah. important to take advantage of social media, especially in, in today's in today's changing environment. Absolutely, we've got some great advice from our yeah. customers that we've really incorporated into the business. You know, we've received complaints from customers. And sure. It's like you know what, they're very valid complaints. So we need to adjust this. And it gives you that direct access Absolutely. to the customers that you wouldn't normally get otherwise. Of course. Of course. Doug. Thank you. Jason, thank, thank you guys you very so much. much. Uh, again, support Bite Bakery, Bite Bakery Cafe on Twitter, all the Facebook, all the Instagram. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. From Bite, Doug, and Jason, good dudes. Shameless plug, BiteBakeryAndCafe.com, designed by yours truly. Whoa. Oh, yeah, there you wow. go. There you go. Uh, well, that's all the heavy stuff we have, because the rest of the stuff is a little fluffy. So here, cheers, boys. Good work today. Let me have some fun here for the last segment. There you go. Uh, look at like your can. Rattling a good UC um, And I want to talk about something that me and Kevin uh, have been debating over the last couple days. Uh Full disclosure, here at the UCast, we like to watch uh, TV late at night. We're big TV nerds. I am particularly, not as much. You're, you're less of a TV nerd than I, I am. Know, I, like I, like, I, I like my shows. Yeah. Riveting Inside Secrets, you watch television at night. Well, what yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one of the things is, you, uh, and I don't know if this is necessarily true, you've never really seen Sopranos before until just recently. Yeah, I had watched I had watched like a part of the first season trying to get into it not too long ago. <clears> Garbage uh, show. Probably a couple years Sorry. ago. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, I had watched a little bit, but I'm like certainly now I'm further in than I've ever been. Sure. And I'm not going to go into uh, a critique of The Sopranos because that's not really the point of what I'm getting at here. No, it's true. Uh, the greater point is this. Uh, Sopranos is on the short list of television shows like The Wire and like your Breaking Bads and your Mad Men of the World that people will argue is the greatest television show of all time, right? That's an argument you hear for shows like yeah, that, right? right? Now, you've never really seen Sopranos before the way that you've seen it now. Like, you've never right. consumed it right, this right. way. Is it weird to consume a show that's so critically considered to be so great? Does it put a weird... Um, I, I do think, I will say, like, my own experience with Sopranos, it puts... It does leave you with kind of, like, expectations, because I had watched, Probably you know... probably, right? Well, like that, well that's, yeah. that's kind of what I mean, and we had talked about it, and I was, I was speaking about it with you, and I had talked to my brother about it as well, you know, compared to a lot of other shows that I've watched, like, I really enjoyed Breaking Bad, um, I really, really liked Sons of Anarchy... 
a couple of those shows like that. And those shows specifically, I think of where like there would be the end of the season, like certain times during the you know during a season or whatever. There's episodes where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe this. This this is mm-hmm. nuts. And I find myself watching Sopranos, and everything's very well done and very executed. But it all seems very even keel. It seems mm-hmm. very like, and I think part of that might come from because it was one of the first like scripted dramas, like like it was a progenitor. Yeah. Of those I was other say, shows could you imagine mentioned. Sopranos now or Sons of Anarchy then? Like, what would the level be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, know? I'm glad you said that because that ties into the argument that I had for why Sopranos feels this way for you. It's because we are binge watching Sopranos. We're watching three to four episodes at a time over a period. We know there's more episodes coming. Yeah. We know for a fact that, all right, it's the middle of season three. Christopher's not going to die because I already saw the preview for next week's episode and he's on the picture, right? So if if I was watching an episode of Sopranos, right, and let's say uh, Christopher gets shot, all right? Christopher mm-hmm. gets shot. He's in the hospital. He's in a coma. Yeah. Tony's looking over him. How could this happen? I have no drama in this anymore because I already know that Chris survived. Well, I think, I but think, if, if we were watching the show live, mm-hmm. I feel like there would be that moment where it's like, oh my god, I can't wait for next week's. I think, yeah, that's. I think part of it is also there's not like that you can find out right away what happened. So mm-hmm. it's not like because I remember there'd be times where I'd watch like Sons of Anarchy and an episode would end and I'd be like, oh my god, I'm like, I don't know what mm-hmm. they're gonna do. And all week long, it would pop back into my head. I'm like, geez, I don't know how Jax and them crazy motorcycle boys are gonna yeah. get out of it this time, and the <laughs> stuff like that. What, but also, I think with shows like that, you know, you like you know stuff. Like, you know, spoiler alert, I know how Sopranos ends. Yeah. I know what happens right. in the well, finale. I know the whole thing. There's a catch to it, too, is that you can't binge watch a show like Walking Dead because everybody's tweeting about it. You know what I mean? So, like, you can kind of stay... Uh, in your own Spoiler bubble around yeah. Sopranos, I, 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 you don't. You're not going to get a room because you don't. Well, if you don't go look for it. Someone's not going to tweet out. Oh my God, Glenn's dead. Spoiler, baby. I don't know. This is the major problem. Not a problem. But this is a major issue with binge watching like Netflix shows, right? So House of Cards comes out and they put the whole bam season yeah. on on Netflix, right? Here's 12 episodes of House of Cards. If you go in to talk to somebody about House of Cards. You are not talking about the most current episode. You have to precursor, like, wait, how far into the season right. are you? Can we talk about this? It's a different well, way of consuming, like, entertainment. Yeah. It's very strange to me because when I look back at Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad was the last show that I watched on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. But interestingly enough, I binged the first four seasons of it because right. they were already out. So I binged the first four seasons on Netflix. And now I'm sold. Season five comes on, and now I'm literally watching every week. week to week. And that was the last time, take a shot, I was in New York City. <laughs> me and the boys would meet up every night, whether we'd all come out of work, we all sit do. We were there on Sunday night to watch that show, and at the end of the show, we were legitimately upset that there wasn't well, more of it on TV. You know TV. what's doing that for me right now? I don't know if you watched it yet, The Leftovers. Oh, God. oh I, I just watched the newest episode today. Well, yeah. Not too happy. We're going to talk that's about the, that. No, 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 it won't be, but that's that, just. That's an hour long show, and then at the very end, it's it's build, 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 and then I'm like, yeah, what? That's should, every, every, show everybody that should I'm, be watching yeah, leftovers. But that's one of the only shows I'm doing right now where I'm like, I well, have like, to watch we, it. We were talking, we were talking wait. about social media and spoilers and watching shows weekly. Um, like something like Sopranos, it really is like take your own pace. But like I remember watching because I remember my brother got me in the Sons of Anarchy and uh, we went back and he watched like the first three seasons with me and then ever since then every Tuesday night you know when it was on I was watching it and that was one of the really fun parts is because for whatever reason a lot of my friends on Twitter like a lot of my friends personally on Twitter would all watch it and so like every every Tuesday night when the show was on at 10 o'clock like 
it was the same, you know, cast of usual characters between eight and ten people who were all, like, live-tweeting, watching Sons of Anarchy, and we were enjoying it together. But by that same token, say I had to work late that night, oh, yeah. there were definitely a couple times, like, I'd, you know, I'd get home from work, and I'm just, mm-hmm. like, kind of, you know, you'd get your phone out and start yeah. dicking around, and I scroll through Twitter, and I'm like, oh, Twitter's damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I, turned, I used to turn Twitter off on the phone. Um, I turned I turned it off like on my way home from this like the work because I was like I know that if I look at my Twitter feed someone is going to be like O M G Heisenberg like yeah. ah, I'm gonna try and start figuring out like <laughs> yeah. what it means yeah. right um, but but that's I guess the argument is uh, people say we're in a golden age of television with all the streaming options and all the network shows and all the HBO shows are going really well do you think there's too much television? Is there too much media for us to consume? Yeah, ever? certainly. Never. Never. See, Never. I'm, I, there no, are like no, no, no. five Netflix shows that I would love to watch yeah. that I just don't have time for. I want to watch Narcos, but how am I going to sit down and take up this much free time? It's not worth your time. No, well, that's it, not the it, point. Though. It doesn't, <laughs> matter, it doesn't like, matter at all if it's if it's worth your time or not. No, I, I do think that we have. There's too much to ever catch up on because I think about like even these shows we've named. You know what I mean? Um, I loved I love Walking Dead. I'm actually a little bit behind yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. I loved Sons of Anarchy. You know, I loved Breaking Bad. And I, Sopranos is cool. And I like The Leftovers Leftover, a lot. Yeah. And there's all these shows that I've watched. But by that same token, there's so many shows that like I always hear about The Americans. I always hear about yeah. um, Masters I've, of Sex. My I've, girl. I've, I've, uh, that's li- your my girl. girl. That's my girl too. Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, no, like, Call Justified for a while. That was a cool yeah, show. Justified. But that, that's another yeah. show. Like there's Justified. There's Mad Men. These are all shows I haven't seen. I've never watched The Wire. Yeah. And so I have to go back and try to catch up on all the yeah. those shows. Plus keep up with the new stuff that's coming. Your out best now, bet like, though is on like uh, Mad Men is to do a Sopranos. Wait. 10 Wait, years, right? You know I, mean? I know. And just, I know. That's a good point to make, too, yeah. actually, with some of the shows. I'm like, I'll catch it 10 years there. down yeah, the road. You know, I you'll say, probably appreciate it much more. I, I think, tried to did. commit to Mad Men. I gave Mad Men about two seasons. And it's one of those interesting things where I actually enjoyed the show. I have no complaints about it. I think it's a really well written show. I just didn't care after two mm-hmm. seasons, which is kind of my argument for Walking Dead. I loved Walking Dead for the first season. I liked the second season just fine. I didn't hate it the way that a lot of people did. I actually thought that the uh, the storyline with where they're on the farm for that whole season, which yeah. people seemed to dis- like dislike, right. I thought it actually paced out to a good yeah. ending. It seemed worth it to me that they had this slow intro to bit of that ending. I finally um, said this episode that like. What if this is the episode I finally decide to stop watching the show? It was this week, literally. It was last night, and I was like, every time I watch um, Walking Dead, I, I just feel like this is the time that I just never watch again because I'm just so over it. Can I you tell know? you, uh, this is a personal one for me. I was a big fan of a pretty mediocre, all things considered, television show on HBO called Boardwalk Empire. Some people probably watched it. Some people didn't. I don't think it was ever as popular. I did that. I stopped watching Boardwalk Empire because I was watching. I'm like, what, dude, what, yeah. who the hell cares? Here's the thing. <laughs> but that's the point, right? I got through the entire series. Mm-hmm. I got to the final season. And two episodes before the finale, they killed off the two remaining characters who I had any interest in. And I've still, to this day, never watched the last two episodes. I have no idea how the show ends. Because See, I feel I like two episodes so... I would hate watch. I would be like, oh, I got Yeah, that's left. the thing. I don't want to hate watch. That's, like, that's, like, like, that's like going to school for four years, getting your bachelor, going to school for your master's, and then with like one semester left with only a few classes to take to finish your master's, you're like, nah, you know what? I'm dropping out of school. Forget about it. Sounds you might as familiar. well take the last couple classes. I mean, you got to do something. It's the same thing, though. You know what I mean? Yep. You gotta like you know you gotta you know you gotta check your ego for stuff like 
like that. And that's not easy for everybody to hey, check yes. their ego. I suppose it's probably tough uh, for you. Exactly. I can't check my I, ego on this boardwalk. No, but I do. So. I, th- I think there's too much TV because you're right. I can't keep up with all this stuff. Everybody's always also, recommending shows. If you have a television show that's even moderately popular now, they won't cancel it, right? Because there's not new te- like if you're in, if you're a show like New Girl, right? Let's say the show New Girl gets canceled tomorrow because mm-hmm. Fox doesn't want to pay for it anymore. You don't think that Netflix or Hulu will just yeah. pay the money to put it on somewhere else because people you need content now. Yeah. There's so many different places for content. Even a mediocre show that has a minor audience will drag people on for another two seasons. Yeah. Like community it's is a good all about that, it's about all about like. how much does it cost to make and what's yeah. your return on it. Right. I think that's the golden age of the the television stuff right now is that we actually have maybe better shows in the olden age who may have been canceled before they finally hit their strides. Like, think of Leftovers, like we were just talking. Mm-hmm. That's slow build, slow character development. Say, and most shows don't do that. They bang, and then they stretch out. But like, see, I would say, they, I would say... These guys have a pace themselves. Before a show happen, like Sopranos, because Sopranos is really, like, the hallmark for as far as, like, scripted dramas like that go, like, serial dramas where yeah. you're going to follow season by season and everything and episode by episode... I think before that happened, not too many people were really trying to make television like that. No. So it's not like shows like that used to exist and then got canceled, but they get a chance mm-hmm. now. I think I think a show like that really showed them that this is a viable way to make TV shows. Mm-hmm. Nobody was making, like, I mean, you could look at maybe an old show like, like Dallas, I guess, or something. Yeah. But for the most like, part, there wasn't really programming like that. And if it was, it was all, like, you know, hard soap operas and, like, really kind of niche well, stuff. And now back, it's everything. Go back to something like MASH, right? MASH is a really interesting television show. I find MASH to be fascinating. Uh, but MASH is the highest rated series finale yeah, for a television show of all time. Four channels but there's four channels, that. right? Like, how do, how, do you, how do you compare that? Like, people always you say... Yeah, there were, there were four can't. channels in three yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Seinfeld, when the Seinfeld finale happened, people expected it to beat the MASH finale in terms of ratings. But no one really sat down to think, like, in general, you're just never going to get that many beating people. Super Bowls. Their finale was beating uh, Super Bowl. I think MASH is kind of underrated now, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. I think MASH is great. Family Guy is a perfect example of what we were talking about this, though, is they came in as a show that ratings-wise, they were, um, ratings-wise, they came in a period when that mattered, mm-hmm. and then they revitalized when DVDs started to matter. Yeah, they got, so they it's got, like DVD right. sales carried lack of ratings and then all of a sudden internet presence well, that, carried justification I think, to come back I think on. Family Guy is one of the on first on shows internet, that you know? I remember. I think Family Guy might be the first show that I remember like me and friends of mine. People would buy the seasons on DVD and then just like sit down and bang out but 10 episodes But never watch it night. Sunday at 8.30. Of course. And I think, well, that's one of the things too, you know, in the DVR age, the internet age and stuff like that, it's tough because I can't always count on being in front of my TV at, you know, 9 o'clock on Thursday night. I just can't. But I think that was one of the first shows I ever remember, quote unquote, binge watching, which has become probably the dominant way that people in our age range consume media. But there's, there's your actually hot takes. The last thing I have to say on is that the golden age of television for, television for this very reason is that if you create a show where someone like Walking Dead has to tune in at the time it's on, on a Sunday night or else it's going to be spoiled, that's the beauty of television now is that people are being forced to make something that doesn't force you to watch it at a later date. That's what we got the beauty well, of, is that's forcing people to be that much better, and if you right. miss it, you miss it, and that's what sports has. You can never beat that. You know? Well, I think the argument, too, for TV now, and I don't want to go too much longer on TV. Yeah. We've already gone, like, 14 minutes on TV. <laughs> but um, there, you can have a niche show now that specifically draws a certain audience. Like, uh, there's a show that everyone talks about in USA called Mr. Robot, which is kind of a moderately successful show. It's, like, really well-received, 
but it's very niche yep. and it doesn't reach out beyond its core audience yep. and it's well critically received but do you think that that's enough to keep USA from saying now nah, we're going to pass and move somewhere else probably it is because they need content now right like content is more important than almost anything else yep. uh, let's move on to something else I'm done talking about TV no more Sopranos. We could product. go longer than that. I do it. I know. Insane. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get loose. I'm going to go for I'm now. more upset about uh, Leftovers being watched than the market. I think when I, I call George Joseph tomorrow, I'm going to ask him <laughs> about which TV show. I want, to, uh, I want to get into this story, which I heard today. I was reading this today on CNN. This is the worst story of the year. So oh, no. I already know where you're going. Worst story of the year. And this is the Starbur- Starbucks versus Christmas story. Have you heard about this? Yes. Okay. For those of you who haven't... Uh, I'm going to read you this. This is the intro from the uh, CNN article. This year's holiday season, red cups at Starbucks have stirred up critics who accuse the company of waging a war on Christmas. Starbucks says it removed, quote, symbols of the season used in the past, uh, which have included reindeer ornaments in favor of a simple two-toned red cup. When the cup rolled out in late October, uh, the Starbucks vice president, Jeffrey Fields... This isn't... this isn't even a thing. These people go. Right. You gotta read the whole right, story okay. and give right. these people what they want. All right. Do it. So there was a guy, uh, Joshua Feuerstein, a sure. former pastor who called himself a social media personality, and he took exception to this. He said that Starbucks removing Christmas, they're removing Christmas from their cups because they hate Jesus. You know what you do if you're offended by that? <laughs> Remove Starbucks here's, from your coffee drinking habits. This is America and you have a choice. Let's send that oh, social man. media personality a bunch of you to go coffee and be like, here, dude, fine. No, I don't want to get that guy I got a couple things on this. Number one, I'm literally grossed out that we're even giving these people the attention because every year for Christmas, this same story pops up. And it's not always Starbucks and it's not always cups. Well, that's but every point. year there's this fake thing about there's a war being waged on Christmas and it's ridiculous yeah. and it's stupid and it's horrible. And also, you know, this is one of those stories I've seen it all over Facebook. Everybody's talking about it. And you can put your tinfoil hats on, but I see everybody talking about this dumb manufactured story that's made up mm-hmm. by the media. Mm-hmm. In the same week that we've just passed the Trans-Pacific Partnership, yeah, I don't see anybody with any information about that. I don't see anybody talking about that or spreading stories about relevant stuff that's going to affect us for decades to come. It's all stupid, stupid articles generated by people to keep, it's CNN. to keep... CNN yeah. put this up. This is that's, a major news story. That's, that's, that's what surprised. surprised. I am kind of surprised. CNN, 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 CNN is not a major news company anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the way that it is. Anybody who puts their news on TV is not a relevant news company anymore. It's all entertainment. And it's ridiculous. And these people are always getting up in arms about there's a war on Christmas. There's no war on Christmas. Nobody loves Christmas. As somebody who went as Santa Claus and Jesus in consecutive days during Halloween, I had nothing but love. (sighs) Look, man, (laughs) I think this is a bigger issue. This actually speaks to a larger issue in this country where we're all very defensive now. It's a very defensive country. All right, look. PC, bro. It is very (laughs) PC, right? And, And here's the thing, all right. Uh, I'm gonna pull back the curtain for a second. I uh, I was raised Catholic, right? I did communion. I went to confirmation, and then after I got confirmed, my parents pretty much said, "Decide what you want to decide," right? But we still celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because it's a reason for our family to share time together. It has nothing to do with the religious aspect of it. All right, exactly. With my mother, yeah. This argument with the Starbucks cups seems like nothing but nonsense. To incite people into like a misery and, and yeah, gender, so, right? Yeah, so. Like, and not for nothing, Starbucks is nonsense 
but it's just coffee. Who cares, yeah. right? Like the fact that people Nobody are starting cares. social media campaigns and trying to fight this, it just seems like such a waste of resources. It's something How could you to be distract a... low information yeah. idiots from real issues. How could you be a social media personality without picking the color of a cup and deeming it hateful towards Jesus? That's I mean, you thing. have to do. I mean, that's all. You got to do something, right? Oh man. Uh, just get better coffee than Starbucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> story. Oh I think more than anything else. Um, I saw somebody. There was somebody on. There's a couple people. When you always see these Utica Facebook articles, there's a guy who was like, and th- I see this guy in every article. I'm not gonna say his name, but he's like some older gentleman around town. He's like, you know, downtown Utica. It's a joke. They think things are going on. More propaganda about downtown Utica. He's like, I'll consider downtown Utica revitalized, and we get a Starbucks. That's how I'll know we've made it. I tell people I live in a town where there's no Starbucks. They can't believe that I live in a town with no Starbucks. They think I'm lying. As soon as we get one, that's how we know we made it. Dude, move. <laughs> move, die, do something. Um, first off, we do have a Starbucks. And I can't believe how many idiots line up inside of a Barnes and Noble to get oh, coffee that you can get somewhere else it's for insane. half the price. That's no more. No more Starbucks. I'm, I'm, I'm aggro. so mad. I'm so aggro right now. I had either ors instead of over unders, but we're not doing them because we're out of time. Uh, what? No, no, no. Can we do one? You want to do one either or? One. All right. This one ties in to what we were talking about earlier about Utica hockey. Okay. The two most famous Utica hockey teams traditionally are the Utica Comets, the current team. And the Utica Devils. But I'm going to give you an either-or, all right? If you had to choose one of these terrible Utica franchises to bring back and see who would support the most, here are your choices. The Mohawk Valley Prowlers, the Utica Bulldogs, or the Utica Blizzard. Make an argument for one of those three that you could make successful. Bulldogs that have the best merch. Bulldogs. Bulldogs, it's the best merch, right? Best merch. If you go back and look at Utica Bulldogs merch, it's fire. Hot fire. Does Blizzard mean we don't have our current hockey landscape? What, what? do you mean? What does that mean? Like, uh, does like can you if you bring them back? I'm saying does it like with like the no no we're, no we're I'm saying get, we're, we're completely divorce yourself, oh, divorce, from divorce, yourself right? from divorce yourself from reality. Of those three franchises, which of those would have been the most marketable today? The Comets, uh, the Blizzards, sure. yeah. the Prowlers, or the Bulldogs? Anything hockey? I mean, it's proven. God, they're all hockey teams. He's not listening. You're uh, not understanding God. the question. Here's the question. The question is: Divorce <laughs> yourself. From reality. Okay, no, I got you. Okay, if okay, you had yeah, to yeah, make yeah, money yeah, off yeah, one of those you, three you, names, I you, I okay, I got you. I because you. I always think about that as like that was the downturn for you to hockey. Right? This went way downhill. You know what? This segment goes downhill when you come on. Thanks for coming on, Bulldogs. Thanks, Bulldogs. Parkinson, nobody tunes in now. I'm always hearing about the farmer's market. Sin sucks. Sin sucks. I want a fresh cucumber.